This is the Queensland Department of Education podcast. In uncertain times, as we currently have with the COVID-19 pandemic, it is important to look after ourselves. With a return to Term 2 and the challenges this new way of working and learning brings to our schools, corporate offices and communities, we often prioritise everything else above our own health and well-being. However, it's important that we recognise that looking after ourselves is not an indulgence. It is necessary to be able to continue to be effective and to support others over the long term. Hi, I'm Virginia Bowditch and I'm with the communications team in the department. To assist you to manage your current situation at work and at home and maintain positive mental health and well-being, a series of well-being podcasts will be released in the next coming weeks. Organisational health and well-being consultant Mike DeGuara joins me today for the fourth in our series of Looking After Yourself podcasts. Today's podcast is on supporting relationships. Hi, Mike. Hi, Virginia. Great to chat with you again. Mike, would you mind telling us how COVID-19 has affected home life? Well, in a snapshot, it's interesting to think about how this pandemic has changed how we live our lives in such a short period of time. And our relationships with family, friends and colleagues will continue to play a really important role and how we get through this current crisis. But those relationships are also at risk. And if we reflect back on the changes over the past few weeks, we see how our schools have moved to virtual learning while still remaining open for children of essential workers and vulnerable persons. Staff may be working from their workplaces in some capacity or working from home while we practice the physical distancing needed to limit the spread of the virus. Perhaps adult children have moved back to live with parents due to financial hardship, and our partners may have also had their work disrupted. So really lots of significant change in a short space of time. Now, spending this extra time with your loved ones may sound like a dream come true, and for some it will be, definitely. But in reality, relationships thrive on the balance of spending time together and spending time apart. COVID-19 has disrupted this balance, and as yet we don't have an end date as to when things might return as they were. So Virginia, it's important to consider how we can protect and maintain all those different relationships that mean so much to us. And I'd like to take a moment to remind people that all the information that we've been discussing in these podcasts is available to staff on the department's staff wellbeing page on one portal. You can either search staff wellbeing or looking after yourself during COVID-19 for more information. So how can we support our closest relationships? Right, well, so interestingly, many people will have noticed that the COVID-19 restrictions have actually given them more time. And we can use this opportunity to enjoy the time together with family or friends where the restrictions permit. This free time could be used exercising together, Discovering a new hobby, something that we didn't previously feel we had the time to do, perhaps. Spending time in our gardens or our courtyards. Watching our favourite movies or TV series with members of our own family. So really using this as an opportunity to connect and talk with each other and to really listen to their stories and their concerns can strengthen a relationship. Now, to guard against any strain that this close and continual proximity might place on a relationship, 
Here are some ideas to keep in mind. Create a roster to help distribute home duties equally and fairly. Communicate your worries and your concerns in a respectful way and seek support from each other. Maintain perspective, a sense of fun and positive sense of humour I think is really important. Remain respectful of others in times of conflict. So you might choose to walk away and practice some time out to calm down and return later to discuss the issues in a respectful and a rational way. If you're working from home, you might need to get creative with the space available and take turns to share the most comfortable spot. Make time during the day to give yourself some space and reduce any tensions. Go for a run, walk the dog, and this can create some much needed separation. Engage with your support networks. Contact a trusted friend to share any concerns you may be feeling. And remember that children learn from how you deal with conflict. Keep this in mind when you're all under the same roof at the same time. How is it possible to maintain connections with our colleagues? Well, we discussed this topic in some detail in an earlier podcast on staying connected. And the simple answer is to make use of the technology available to us. It hasn't been all smooth sailing, but I'm mindful of the countless hours and the energy from everyone that has been spent equipping staff to work differently. And here's a reminder about how we can maintain regular communication with colleagues, as well as our supervisor, despite the social distancing requirements. Keep colleagues informed of where and when we are working through agreed methods. And that might include a shared Outlook calendar, for example. Check in with teammates when we commence work each day or when we finish through email or through Microsoft Teams. This can actually become a nice little routine each day. Ensure we have access to shared applications and folders when we are working remotely. Arrange regular team meetings through Skype, Microsoft Teams or any other online channel. Email your supervisor on an agreed timeframe to provide a summary of the work done. And finally, ensure your supervisor can easily contact you when you're working off-site. It's pretty easy to lose touch with our social networks during this time. Is this problematic? Yeah, it can be problematic. But ever since the outbreak of this pandemic and the requirements involving physical distancing, I think it's been amazing to see how people all over the world are still connecting with people in their lives. And I'm reminded of that saying, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. It's as if we've realised the value of our relationships, where previously we may have taken them a little bit for granted. And not necessarily the people themselves, but the luxury and the freedom of being able to socialise together anytime we wanted, any way we felt like it, and with any number of people we chose to. So the reality is that restrictions are still with us although there are promising signs of some restrictions easing. We need to maximise any opportunity to socialise within the guidelines and fully appreciate those moments. And also to use the technology to regularly connect with people where restrictions prevent us from doing so in person. Connecting, as we know, not only makes us feel happier, it also helps us to maintain perspective on this situation and keep any anxiety or distress in check. This is the idea and the principle behind co-regulating our emotions through others. We get the sense that the burden is a shared one and that can reduce our sense of isolation. 
This is why social contact is considered to be the strongest predictor of psychosocial well-being, as we've already discussed. And I'd like to suggest that part of our time connecting with others is spent checking on their mental health and well-being. So asking them how they're coping and are they doing okay. If you're feeling cut off and somewhat isolated, it might indicate that you're not taking full advantage of opportunities that you may have or that you need to put more energy into connecting with others. What about support for children and families? Yeah, so this is certainly a challenging time for many families due to changes to their familiar routines. Fortunately, however, most children are quite resilient and will adapt quite well to change if you provide some information and lots of gentle guidance. I'd encourage parents and caregivers to check out the podcast series on Parenting in Pandemic, produced by the University of Queensland Parenting and Family Support Centre. The Triple P Positive Parenting Program offers free resources, including a guide to parenting during COVID-19. Search Triple P Parenting to access their site and headspace.org.au can provide support and mental health resources for young people. Now, these and other child experts offer the following suggestions. Maintain usual routines as much as possible and help your child develop new routines. Keep up good hygiene routines with your children, including regular hand washing. Provide your child with basic information, but not too much, depending on their age. Let your child know you are available to talk, listen to concerns, and answer any questions. Ensure children remain physically active each day. There are many free resources available online, or just go for a walk together or bike ride. Help your child find new and interesting things to do and do things as a family. Do you have any final messages, Mike? Yes, so I think it's useful to be mindful that along with our own health and well-being, our relationships with our friends, our family members and colleagues are incredibly precious to us. So this crisis has actually given us all something incredibly beneficial if we stop to think about it. It's given us the perfect opportunity to reconsider what's important to us and to reflect on what we prioritise in our lives. Perhaps as a result of this crisis, many individuals, close friends, couples and families will value those connections more so than ever before, and those relationships will actually deepen. Thanks, Virginia. Great. Thank you. You have been listening to a Queensland Department of Education podcast.